Michigan State basketball bounces back, but was it all perfect against Southern Indiana? And then a quick what to watch for against Ohio State. And then we are joined by Brian Smith, recruiting expert of Lockdown to Talk. Well, of course, recruiting, coaching search, a whole lot more. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself and you purchase a Jace case providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get your stay at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners cannot thank you enough for kicking off your weekend with us here at Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week and also happy Veterans Day out there to all those who serve. Thank you very much for your service. Now let's get rocking and rolling into today's show. Hey, okay, win number one. Hopefully a lot more to come for Michigan State basketball. They did it. They beat the Screaming Eagles 74-51. to That's right. <laughs> Suck it, Southern Indiana. Woo! I, I mean, look, this was uh, actually maybe at times a little underwhelming. Michigan State was favored to win this game by 31 they sneak out with a 23-point victory. Just, ooh, barely got by them. But, no, it's it's fine. It is what it is. We're going to get into it here. We're going to start with the positives, all right? We're not going to be zo- mopey zoo lions right off the bat here. Let's talk about the good things that we saw on the game. 1 of 18 shooting is what Southern Indiana started with. Yes, 1 of 18. That, that's not Michigan State's three-point shooting percentage, although it's pretty close to that. No, that 1 of 18 number is how Southern Indiana started the game. And, yes, I I kid when I say suck it, Southern Indiana. Like This is a team that Ken Palm and Bart Torvik had ranked outside the top 300 in the nation. This should have been a stress-free win. But when you see the 1 of 18 shooting, and not just on the box score, but watching the game, Michigan State came out with some tenacity on defense. Southern Indiana only had one good open look for the first 15 minutes of the game. I mean, Michigan State had a lot of different lineup combinations right off the bat, but there's one thing they all had in common. It was relentlessness on defense. So Michigan State, after the James Madison game, which I got to say, I don't think it was defense that let Michigan State down against the Dukes on Monday. I mean, they had James Madison playing off their game for the better part of the second half, a team that plays very quick most of the time, but they were able to get James Madison into a lot of late shot clocks. I don't think defense is going to be the issue here, but just to reiterate the point, really, really strong showing to start the game from Michigan State on Thursday. Monty Sissoko, I mean, really nice start, but also just a good game overall. In his 20 minutes, he had a double-double, 11 points, 10 rebounds, and also Seven of eight free throws. We'll talk more about free throw shooting here in a second, but had to give a tip of the cat to Madi Sissoko. Also, Malik Hall, he was aggressive early on as well. He started off his game with six points, four rebounds, and then ended it with double-figure points, 12 points. And those guys were two of four players to have double figures in points. Jaden Akins, also 13 points. Tyson Walker didn't really have to do much, at least not as much as he had to do on Monday. 14 points for him. But also, you go to the bench, too. Xavier Booker, a strong game. He has some flashes in the second half there. And what I love to see the most, Jeremy Fears. His stat line ends at, yes, one of four shooting, 
that the offense is going to have to come along for him, but he's got a lot of season and career left. But what we like to see in the first half, four assists, zero turnovers. End of the game with five assists, zero turnovers, but he has good command of the offense. Already learning very quickly here as the point guard, great in waiting here in East Lansing. So wouldn't mind to see a lot more fears, but something that we also did like to see is how evenly the minutes were distributed. All right, after the game, Tom Izzo says that he was really, really underwhelmed by his upperclassmen and that he's not afraid to play the freshman and that he is going to welcome the controversy. And I was one of these people, but I think a lot of us thought that, oh, man, we're, we're going to rattle the cage and shake up the starting lineup this early in the season. Go get him, Tommy. Woo! But no, that was not the case whatsoever. Um, same starting lineup, but yes, early into the game, I, these starters didn't even get to play for three minutes together before the first subs came in. The most that anyone played, Tyson Walker, 24 minutes. But, yes, we got guys like Cohen Carr, Xavier Booker, Carson Cooper, Trey Holloman, Jeremy Fears. All of them played either 17 or 18 minutes. So it was a pretty even distribution, and that's kind of maybe what Izzo was really talking about after Monday's game. Now, one other positive we do want to talk about here, yeah, that free throw shooting. It was, it was horrendous on Monday. It's why Michigan State lost the game between that, well, and, of course, three-point shooting, but today, 82%, 23 of 28, and they started pretty good, too. At some point, they were 88% shooting from the foul line, but somewhere between that and what we saw Monday is who we are going to see with this team. We we actually talked about this a little after the Tennessee exhibition game because free throw shooting wasn't great after that as well. Last year, they shot about 76%. They were just a tick off of 76%, which was pretty good nationally. Now you take away Joey Hauser, all right, the second-best free-throw shooter on this team. You take away all of his makes, all of his misses. That would have brought Michigan State down to 73% shooting, which is on the cusp of being in the upper third nationally. So this is where we're going to start seeing Michigan State. Somewhere in between Monday and today, 73% on the season is what I expect Michigan State to net out at on this season. But, hey, again, shout-out Mati Sissoko for a center. Seven of eight shooting from the stripe. Also, Carson Cooper. Horrible game uh, from the free throw line on Monday, but hey, four of four for you. So yeah, she well, wonder what he was working on in those three days between games right there. Now, it didn't look all too pretty for the most. No, I no, I shouldn't say that for the most part. There were spots in the game where it didn't look pretty. Robbie Hummel even had a great quip saying that this looks like schoolyard basketball. And that was for a few minutes long stretch in the game where, my God, it looks like you just sat down for a game during Welcome Week at IM East, where everyone's just getting to know each other for the first time, and the ball is doing everything but going in the hoop. And, yeah, it did look ugly at times, but I'm not going to panic just yet because, look, we've talked about it. You already know about it. Michigan State has a lot of lineup combinations that they have to sort out early on this season because they just have a lot of talent and depth this year. Uh, 19 lineups today, 30 unique lineups last game. And, uh, both of those stats, shout out to a underscore underscore zinger on Twitter, also known as Andy HRCMB, just a legend amongst Michigan state internet folk, but yeah, he compiles great box scores, but yes, want to reiterate that 19 lineups tonight, 30 against James Madison. So why they might look bad at times. Well, boy, you're, you're throwing a lot of recipes into certain pots and you're trying to stir it all together and, it can get a little wonky at times. Now, really quick, we'll go through the bad of the game because I, they didn't cover the spread. It couldn't have been that good of a game, right? Uh, the three-point shooting, 
Okay, uh, maybe starting to get a little concerned here. One of 11 from the night, and that makes it back-to-back games with just one made three-pointer. But, guys, look, we already know where I'm going to go with this next. You're probably already thinking it. It's not going to be that bad this whole year. I mean, they are going to regress to some sort of mean eventually. And would it surprise me if they pop off, like, I don't know, 11 of 19 shooting from three against Duke uh, from beyond three-point? Like, I it might surprise me a little bit, but hey, that's how numbers work in shooting. Like, it's going to creep up eventually. You do have good shooters like Jaden Akins, a guy that's 40%, who has yet to make a three-pointer this year. I don't think Tyson Walker is going to go the whole season just making one three-pointer every two games. A.J. Hogard eventually going to splash some home. But is there some concern? Yeah, sure. Let's not kid ourselves here. Like, Joey Hauser leaving this team, that leaves a big hole. Malik Hall? Known to be a three-point shooter-ish, like 37-ish, 38-ish percent on his career. Since bouncing back from that injury last year, looks everything but that. Again, hey, good game on Thursday. But, man, we're seeing that stroke not looking like a three-point stroke, and that's going to screw up some spacing on the inside. Instead of guys floating out to make sure that Malik Hall is a three-point threat, maybe as early as Tuesday, we could see Duke seemingly call with the ball at the three-point line and be like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to play eight feet off you because what are you going to do? Shoot it? That might be a concern. Again, small sample size so far in the season. We will see how this plays out in the next few games. But, oh boy, yeah, three-point shooting is quite something else. Also, 11 offensive rebounds for Southern Indiana. That should absolutely never happen. And the starting lineup, hmm, is a little interesting. Okay, they were a minus six last game. That was the second worst lineup Michigan State had. The Actually, the, the worst lineup was Mahdi Sissoko, Cohen Carr, Trey Holloman, A.J. Hogart, and Tyson Walker. Yeah, imagine that. Wow. How did the lineup with just one shooter on that whole thing not work? Anyway, the 12-0 run that we saw in the second half, not all too delightful. And look, I know we're only two games into the season. Three if you want to count the Tennessee exhibition, but... This starting lineup, I don't think is necessarily it. Uh, Guys, I got to shake something up here because, look, they had an okay start against Southern Indiana today. But like we said, they were cutting into the bench very early, like less than three minutes. So there you have it. Really quick, I do want to talk about the Ohio State game tomorrow, you know, what to watch for. I'm sorry we didn't do like a formal preview, but at at this point of the season, especially before a game where Michigan State is 30-point underdogs, I, guys, I mean, what, what else can you say other than this This could get ugly? But what are we going to watch for? Because let's not kid ourselves, still going to watch all four quarters of this game. But one thing that I will be interested in seeing, aside from you know individual performances like Jalen Thompson, Jordan Hall on defense against Ohio State offense, that's doing okay is can Michigan State's offense and Kaden Hauser do anything against Ohio State? And when I say anything, I my expectations are so far under the floor, it's not even funny. Like if Kaden Hauser and the Michigan State offense string together two touchdown drives, guys, I hate to say it, this sounds so embarrassing, but this is just where we are this season, I would be over the moon. And let me tell you why. I know that a lot of the chatter so far this season is, hey, Ohio State's offense, like, what's going on here? They got NFL receivers, like, yeah, sure, they're winning, they're number one, but it doesn't look how it's supposed to. What about that offense? Wow, that offense is so... No one is talking about how good Ohio State's defense is so far this year. No one has scored more than 17 points against the Buckeyes so far this year. And more specifically, in the passing game, they're not just good, they're not just great, 
They're bordering on elite right now as we are going into the last month of the season. They have the lowest opponent passer rating of 94.03. That would be the second lowest in the last five seasons. All right. They have the lowest yards per attempt at 4.8. That would be the lowest since 2011 if they could keep sustaining that. And right now, the second lowest passing percentage of 49.8. That would be the second or third team to go sub 50% in the last five years. I say second or third team because right now, actually, Florida State is also at 48%. So if the Seminoles can sustain that, but we're at, the point is, Hot damn. Uh, Woo, my goodness gracious. Ohio State, they are undefeated because of their defense. And it's not just because they're good. They're pretty great. They they are a juggernaut. So, yeah, if Caden Hauser can string together a touchdown drive or two, look, I I know that scoreboard might flash 49-17, but we can leave that game being like, ah, future's looking kind of bright, I guess. It's not the worst thing in the world. So there you go. All right. We went a little long this first segment. This whole episode is just a little long. Sorry. That's what we get for not recording uh, yesterday. Thanks for everyone's patience with that. But hey, we will be back with Brian Smith, locked on recruiting expert to talk, obviously recruiting, but coaching search, a little bit of Michigan too in the mix because why? Tis the season. Why not? But first, need to talk your ear off about eBay Motors, the best in the game when it comes to getting the auto parts for your vehicle. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. Level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, or some combination of those three, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or it's your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Also need to talk your ear off about Home Field Apparel, the best apparel brand in the game for vintage collegiate clothing. And God, just for being comfortable on a nice fall day. You hear me talk about this all the time. I'm going to keep hammering this point home. Home Field Apparel's designs are second to none. You're going to see logos at your favorite team, like your Michigan State Spartans, that you may have not known ever existed. They look sick. They look dope, as the kids call it. But man, as cool as the logos are, as sweet as their shirt designs are, they are just as comfortable when you put them on. Homefield Apparel, the most comfortable clothing I have in my closet. Whether it's sweatshirts, hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts, t-shirts, or hats, Gang, Homefield Apparel is going to hook it up. You're going to look good. You're going to feel good. And that means you're going to tailgate good or watch the game good or just be a functioning member of society good. Also, they want to save you money. When you go to homefieldapparel.com, smash in promo code LOS23 for 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOS23 for 15% off of your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Folks, we have a familiar face, a familiar voice. It is Brian Smith, recruiting expert of Locked On Networks. But hey, first, you need to talk here about LinkedIn Jobs. That's right. This recruiting segment is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. Head to LinkedIn Jobs slash Locked On College and post your job for free. It is so simple. Even a schmuck like me can do it. And hey, speaking of simple, 
Brian Smith just makes talking about football recruiting very easy, very relaxing. So, Brian, before we, you know, just absolutely pile on the questions, how you been? We doing okay over there in your neck of the woods? Well, it's warmer here than it is where you're at. That I know. It's miserable up here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, today it? it was like 60 and sunny and like that's oh, still wow. even too cold for me i'm a i'm a very feeble man brian when it dips below 75 i, I become a wuss and you could so change that word for something else rhymes with that but i i do i'm not built for this weather brian but that's good to hear that you're doing okay it, it is what i do down here i stay warm and i enjoy football i just drive just around and watch football all the time it's a good time live the dream Hey, let's talk about that, shall we? Because, hey, we're a little outside of a month away from early National Signing Day, December 20th this year. And right now, Michigan State, depending on what recruiting site you look at, they're somewhere ranked in the mid-70s. They have nine kids committed in their class, and they just suffered another decommit earlier this week with Logan Bennett leaving. So this is how we're going to set the table here. Of the five kids that decommitted since the Mel Tucker saga began, that's how we're going to you know phrase that. That's the word we'll use. Reggie Powers. Andrew Dennis, Sire Torrance, Cameron Campbell, Logan Bennett are your five kids that have decommitted from this class. Which of the five kids do you think is most likely to come back to this class? Is it as easy as Andrew Dennis, the kid that is from the state of Michigan, that was, you know, the biggest cheerleader in this class before he decommitted? Or is there another name that really kind of arches your eyebrow? And let's get nuts. Is it Reggie Powers, the guy that's already committed to Oklahoma? Like, are you really going to surprise us all here, Brian? I think it's pretty simple. You you touched on it. Relationships are something I talk about a lot on this show. The yeah. extension of that is, did I grow up a Spartan fan? Or did somebody mm -hmm. like my grandfather was at least a fan of, and you can insert school. Whichever yeah. one of those kids has some green in their blood is most likely to at least listen to the next coach. Here's the problem. Signing okay. day is the 20th. If head coach is not Input. This is completely unrealistic. I'm just saying that, which okay. is totally your world, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. By say the sixth or seventh of December, how do you build a relationship with a kid if he wants to sign on the twentieth and then enroll? Most kids enroll in January. Correct. I mean, part of this is timing. I don't know all the timelines, right. but I would look at the kids that are going to sign in February as way better chances. I'm just doing math here. Yeah. December 20th is way earlier than the first Wednesday in February. So those kids, it's going to be hard. You're going to get what one conversation with him to try to get him to come to campus, at least, you know, sit down and have a face to face, man, that is stressful. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. You think it's, I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It almost seems like the only shot to like really pack this class with, you know, more than 12, 15 players is you get a head coach from another place and he brings some of his 24 classes. Exactly right. Is it, Okay, so I'm not off base with that. Like, that is just how it goes. Unfortunately, and I know it's awful to say, you're not leaving an institution. You are dismantling it in this situation because Michigan State's too low on numbers. Why would you shoot yourself in the foot? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I mean, I've seen it forever. I, I'm not going to go into name, but there are certain coaches that I know they're just really good recruiters. They knew on X date they were leaving. The school they're at didn't know. Ah, yeah, ah, that's, fun for everyone involved. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone and, and just sure. continue moving forward. But that's how this game's played. Like, hey, man, just so you know, in two days, you're going to see my name on the bottom of the ESPN ticker. And, <laughs> and I want you to come with me. With me. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yep. <laughs> no, that goes on. That yeah. flat out goes on. Whoever Michigan State hires, they at least got to try that. 
I mean, the worst mm-hmm. thing that can happen, like if you're the coach, you're not paying for the visit. You're not paying for the flight out there. The school's paying for it anyway. You go yeah. all in. <laughs> so that's right. that's the way it is. And the other thing beyond like who's going to stay committed or come back around, whatever, they got to get a couple of JUCO kids or something beyond the port. They, right. they need some more experienced kids because next year could be a total disaster because they're going to have other kids leave. They have no choice. They got to get some experienced kids from the portal. I get it. Mm-hmm. They need JUCO kids and everything. So all options are open for the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, because look, when I try to find slivers of optimism here with MSU's situation, I say it, it can turn around quick-ish in college football, especially with the transfer portal. Like, And that is not false hope. That is something that legitimately is there where you can build a roster. But, man, I – it's hard to find any optimism right now for what the high school recruiting will look like this year. Because, again, I'll say the number, nine kids committed right now. We're going to throw air quotes around that. But right now, let's say December 20th, we'll call early signing day the bigger signing day. What would mean that MSU had a successful early early signing day? Is it just a sheer number that you're looking for? Is it, hey, they have to have at least a dozen kids put pen to paper? Is it star ratings? Like, what on earth are we even looking at here for what would be success in a month? I got you. Yes, let's go. Man, I just want to stump Brian. Let's go. Woo, finally, I, it's about time. <laughs> I, is there a specific one? Because, like, every kid is going to seem like a, a vacation. Like, is, can you a, imagine yeah. how hard it is to convince a kid right now? That's a great – it is a great question. Because, yeah. like, if I'm a parent, I'm like, I'm sitting – why am I sitting – when this – what are, what are we doing? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it. Yeah. What's your I name don't again? know yeah. this oh. guy. <laughs> right. Like they just hired a coach. We don't have a relationship with him, but this other school that came in second originally, we've known mm-hmm. them for a year and a half. Right. That's hard. It is. So, I mean, I guess in one way to look at it, as awful as this may sound, they need to sign kids that are going to be in for Michigan state today, tomorrow, and just, you know, keep on going. They, they got to have stability. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's almost like a word that's not even a part of the dictionary in East Lansing. And I'm not picking on Michigan State in general, but it's just weird what's happened. Yeah, They've got to get somebody yeah. that comes in there that at least the next three years, tunnel vision, we're yep. going to build, this is the plan, and these yep. are the kinds of kids. Like D'Antonio did that to a certain degree. He was He's a good yeah, football coach, obviously. Doesn't have to be somebody with his demeanor. But like Leopold at Kansas is somebody gets thrown around. He's an older guy. I get it. Yep. But that guy can coach for a, yeah. uh, right now. If you told me as a Michigan state fan, if we could get him for four years and then he was going to retire. But when he left, we were nine and three. I would be signing my name multiple times. Please. That'd be delightful. My God. Seriously. That, Seriously. No, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, music city bowl by year two. Like absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like that's the Jacksonville I mean, like, tax slayer bowl in 2025. That might as well be Pasadena to me, Brian. Like that's things are really bad over here. So yeah. I mean, just the <laughs> idea that someone can come in, take this turbulent plane and just stabilize it for a few years and then leave when they turn 65. Like I, Please, yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. I would like to see this team in a bowl game again soon. <laughs> I think he's one of the guys that it would be interesting because he's probably – he's used to the Kansas basketball thing being a problem, and that's going to be a problem sure. at Michigan State too. But, oh, Ken, that's a whole other animal. Like, they're basketball yeah, yeah, totally. they've ever had. Right. So they've never been really good at football. But this would be a chance for him to stabilize a program somewhere it means more, and then mm-hmm. he goes out a night, even if they're 9-3. and three. How many places can you say that? Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. It's, it's right. 
I mean, I'm not saying he would automatically retire because some guys go under the like savings, like 72 or whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You have to be able to look at the situation. That would be a, a great a great deal for them. Because even if they miss right here, if they signed a guy like that, and I obviously I focus on recruiting, we'd be talking a little more Michigan State portal in the offseason because that yeah. dude can coach quarterbacks. Right. Uh, yes, certainly. You think, I mean, this is not a good year team. for quarterbacks. Unfortunately, I know Michigan State fans don't need any good or any more bad news, but this is a bad year for it. I don't know yeah, who's going to be. Kids. It's fine. Yeah. We, we got two young quarterbacks that will mold. It's fine. Like, if, if you want any optimism, it's that. Like, hey, the, the new coach gets either a redshirt sophomore or a true sophomore next year. Former four-star. Woo! I'm trying my best, Brian. I'm trying my best. Um, do you mind if I send you to the bench really quick and talk more coaching candidates here in a hot second? That would be fantastic. I hate to do this, but like I got to pay the bills here. We got to talk about Jace Medical. That's right, J A S E Medical. Gang, we've spent a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses and coaching scandals, coaching searches, who starts, who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want to take our chat and make it a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. Because, hey, you are covered, my friend. You do not have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, uh, Revadio prescriptions. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN, all one word, LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had to say this about Jace. Quote, I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I order most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than at local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you are someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having and a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. And remember, use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $20 off your purchase at Jace Medical. Also, gang, need to talk your ear off about this lovely sign behind me made by Team Ticker. We get a lot of good responses from sponsors here at Lockdown, but I, never before have I seen instant success instant raving from the listeners and the viewers that i have with team ticker anyone that has gotten their sign which by the way tag me in that post on twitter shehan underscore sports they absolutely love their team ticker sign if you're watching on youtube you already know what's going on behind me they're not only showing michigan state stats the weather for this weekend but they're showing you all the scheduled games coming up for this big college football weekend and if you're listening on the podcast I, guys it's like a countdown clock you would see at a sports bar or a man cave but it's jacked up with so much steroids. It is far beyond just your normal countdown sign. So hook up your man cave, your garage, your sports bar, or just your bedroom. Throw this thing anywhere and save money while doing so because when you go to teamticker.com, smash in promo code LOCKDOWN, that's going to save you $50 off of your team ticker sign. Again, teamticker.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Now let's get Brian Smith back onto the stage here because, hey, we're talking – well, now coaching search here because that is, well, the biggest headline here at Michigan State right now. Oh, oh I see your point. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> the team ticker thing, you, sh you should do a countdown mm -hmm. to your expectation for when Michigan State's going to hire their next coach. Oh, that would be the Wednesday of Thanksgiving week is what I'm calling this at. Oh, now, really? That, that could, that could You're be a little going big, right? That's early, man. That is early. We're I, like, you can get plus odds on that. 
but I think that's when the rumors will start to like start okay, to leak okay, out here that. because this because look the, the names that we're going to talk about these are all current head coaches right like I'm not going to drop an Urban Meyer on you we've done that conversation a thousand times in the last month here but if it is a person from another program well that means that they'll have one more regular season game and maybe even a conference championship sure. unlikely with the names we're going to bring out but hey that means that one more regular season game but hey things leak early here so maybe that's when that it leaks the Wednesday of Thanksgiving week that's no insider information that's just all a hunch but hey last week Spartans Illustrated great people go subscribe Spartans Illustrated they dropped the story that hey they have four confirmed names that Michigan State is going to be talking to in this cycle that is going to be ramping up pretty quickly here not the only four names but those are the four that they can confirm. And it was the guy, Lance Leopold, just talked about him out of Kansas. Jake Dickert out of Washington State. Jonathan Smith out of Oregon State. And then what I called kind of like a wild card. I don't really see this happening. Dave Clawson out of Wake Forest. He's done some pretty respectable things for that Demon Deacons program. I just, I'd be a little surprised there. But enough of my opinions. I've given nothing but my opinions on this coaching search the last few weeks here. Brian, from a recruiting standpoint, of those four names... Who is getting your attention the most here? Because there's a lot to consider here. Regionality, age, style. I mean, it's 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 fascinating times we're in. I think all of them have pluses and minuses, but my guess is that none of them would be the perfect fit. I don't think there is the home run hire that's mm-hmm. realistic for Michigan State right now. And that's usually how it works for any school. The yeah, name that I think would work long term the best, and I have no idea if he has an interest in doing it is Jonathan Smith, because I think he's a tremendous football coach. Yes. And here's the problem. He's also an Oregon State alum. But One problem. Yeah. yeah that's. <laughs> but they just got their legs cut out from under them because yes. they're no longer in a conference. Another problem. But I think that actually helps Oregon State here, because I think being an alum, maybe he feels an extra connection to that be. program where he has to shepherd them through this very uncomfortable and just outright horrible situation that they're in. Yeah. So maybe he feels compelled, like, all right, not only do I got to bring this team to be a top 15 program, son of a gun, I, I find I'll wade through the waters and bring the beavers to the other side here. I, I think that there could be some of that going on as well, which makes it a little hard. But hey, Jonathan Smith is my top guy of the four names, too. I just know that he understands the balance between passing and running yeah. and being a physical team. Like he was a quarterback at Oregon state back in the mm-hmm. day and he was good, but he was a cerebral guy. was five eleven, six foot on a great day. If you know what I mean? Sure. And, yeah. But he was very accurate, did all the little things. And that's how their team plays. That sounds like Michigan state to me. And mm-hmm. it sounds like pro style football to me. And you know, yeah. he's, he would be the guy that would be able to recruit kids because he can put them in the NFL with his scheme. So mm-hmm. all of those things would be the best fit. Yeah, I agree though that that's really hard. I still think it's not out of the realm that like it's somebody else. I mean, like the home run hire to me is Jeff Fish, but I think okay. he wants to go back to the NFL. Is my guess. Got it. Okay. But what he's done at Arizona, remarkable. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a program right. they shoot baskets there. Okay, that's that's pretty uh, yeah. much about that's pretty much <laughs> yep. what they do. They're, I mean, they've been just flat out good. So now the question mm-hmm. is, do you want to leave that basketball school for another one? Blah blah blah. But I mean, like Michigan State just has so much more passion for football. Right. I mean, I get the weather thing, but like coaches got so much money that it just doesn't matter as much to them. West Coast guys, though, man, it, give me, give me any, give me a Midwest. Is there a Midwest candidate that you would be excited about? Because I don't know one. 
can I count Mike Elko? I mean, can I? Like Lance Leopold was from yeah. Buffalo. If you want to count that in the Midwest, I, I mean, I have really a major beef there, but, right yeah. here, and and I saw okay. this on the Michigan State. I think it was, I think it was the two four seven. But okay, they tried to say that he's not like a recruiter or whatever. He's a tremendous recruiter. Who Elko? Yeah. Okay. So okay. I was. Gotcha. Like, That's interesting. I did not see that. That's bizarre. That, but okay. <laughs> where the hell did that come from? He was that way okay. when he was at Notre Dame and at A and M. Huh. So I'm not okay. sure. I mean, I'm a recruiting guy. This isn't hearsay. He can. No, of recruit. course. Right. So I was like, where did they? I don't know who wrote that, but it was bad. Um, That's right. It, 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 so it, everybody with. screws up okay. sometimes, and I've made plenty of those. But oh, I think sure. he would be a tremendous hire. The problem for Duke is that it's uh, here we are again. They play a lot of basketball there. He's probably tired of yeah. that. I hope so. And they just, their academic standards just put their ceiling so low, yeah. so low. And they're, I mean, they got shut out recently. I mean, mm-hmm. they have an injury to a key play. They're done. Right. They just don't have any right. depth. Of course. And I mean, he's coached them up and all that, but they got a whole bunch of seniors on defense and stuff. Do not rule that out. And he's coached in the middle. He's from the East Coast. He's used to cold weather, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That would be a great one. I just don't know what he wants. When he took the job originally, I was like, "Yeah, you're going from <laughs> right. A&M where they're just buying kids. You're right. going to Duke where they don't even know they have a football stadium. Okay. Yeah. That, that's coaching on all Madden level right there. <laughs> that's that's really making life difficult for yourself. But he's, he's conquered it. You know, as much as you I, can conquer it. I, mean. I was at the Duke Notre Dame game this year, and he like right. that state. Like you watch a game on TV, there's nobody at Duke games. That place was pretty lit. Like, yeah, okay. that place going. He's figured something out. He knows how to communicate and all that. He sure. can galvanize. That would be a top of the board. I just don't know what he wants. I have no idea. Right. He would be absolute number one if he's realistic. I just don't. Some guys don't want to deal with that stuff anymore. Maybe that's why he took the Duke job. I'm a little mm-hmm. apprehensive, but man, recruiter, he's been at Notre Dame. He's been at A&M. Yeah. He's from the East Coast. He's, he's seen a little everything. That would be about as good as it gets. I would My love only that. concern yeah. for you guys is it's A&M hires him and they fire this guy named Jimbo. Because that would be. I know. Yeah. I mean, look, the money that A&M. We need A&M around. to start winning games. A&M, <laughs> we are huge Aggies fans for the next three weeks here. We need. Jimbo to save some face here at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. Cause like, look, they and M job, especially for a defensive minded coach with the, what yeah. they've assembled there. Do you imagine yeah. what Elko could do with that? Oh my God. Oh heavens. It, it, it <laughs> actually, it would turn into what they wanted from Jimbo Fisher. I think like, I think he could actually, you know, be successful down there. So what a shock. Of course I've been burned on saying that a lot of times about different programs, but Hey, who <laughs> wants to hear about that before we let you go, Brian, um, look, just for full transparency, we were recording uh, late afternoon on Thursday. We haven't heard anything from Tony Petiti yet. The big 10, by the time you listen to this, uh, he could have already assassinated Jim Harbaugh, or he could bring out the maze of blue pom-poms and say, ah, no punishments, let's roll on. We don't know what is happening or what's not happening, but, Brian, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, like, hey, you have anything to, like, wrap on with this whole Michigan thing here before we go? You, feel free to take 90 seconds or 90 minutes on it. I mean, this is The floor is yours, good sir. There's two things that are very prevalent here. Everybody that is not a Jim Harbaugh fan, which is the vast majority of the free world, um, I mean, he's a good coach. I think everybody can agree with that, but he's just an annoying guy. Okay. That's fair. Yep. And that makes him a target. Michigan's a big target, all those things. Mm-hmm. 
but they also have 50,000 plus kids at that school every year. One of the yep. biggest alumni bases in the world. Yep. Huge football tradition. You know who really runs college football? Advertisers. People with money. Yep. <laughs> yes. And advertisers want Jim Harbaugh and those fans watching that playoff game. What yeah. are the chances that zero, he is going to the playoffs? Now, he may get suspended by the Big Ten, but here's a little note. The playoffs are not a part of the NCAA. It's right. a weird deal. In case you didn't know that, they are not. Repeat, they are not in conjunction with each other. So he yep. might get suspended for a Big Ten game or something. But yeah. if they are voted into the playoffs, you'll see old Jimbo on the sideline <laughs> for Wolverines. It is yep. the weirdest sport on earth, and that's why it's interesting. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying I agree with everything because, for the love of God, if you're cheating so bad that you have the kid wear a Michigan staffer shirt at a freaking Ohio State event, you're an idiot. But yeah. at the same time, enjoy the playoffs. Yeah, sure. I, look, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, money rules everything. So they've kicked the can so far down the road. Will anything happen by the Penn State game? Probably not. It just all ends that him and one or two coordinators are suspended for the first half of the Maryland game or something like that. That's how I see it happening. I don't think anything serious will actually happen. I've long said that. This has been a lot of fun to joke about. I think it's been outed that, hey, Michigan, yeah, they have a lot of good players. Some of their success, though, has to be attributed to this. But in the grand scheme of things, like, no, I, I know that money rules too much in this world where they're just going to say, oh, no postseason eligibility. Oh, can't play the Big Ten championship game. Zero With that said, chance. I do wonder what kind of whistles we're going to be seeing in Happy Valley this Saturday or in Ann Arbor when they play the Buckeyes in the last week of November. Oh, they would like, love uh, for Michigan to be uh, I mean, outed. Oh, Tony Watts is taken care of. Yeah, but like, right, <laughs> just, just naturally. Michigan needs to beat Ohio State, be up by 20 with three minutes to go. In the uh, yeah. <laughs> Which they might be. They might yeah. be, but yeah. Yeah. And don't think that Harbaugh and his staff don't know that. Let's not. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Because everybody well, hates they, them. They've complained about officiating when it was very, very evenly called. Like if it's slighted, oh, I, that would be that would be my Super Bowl if that happens. If they lose and it was actually very abundantly clear that the ref screwed them because, oh, Brian, we, we will be parading on Twitter. It's just, oh, no. Uh, oh, a team had a really unfair advantage over you guys? Oh, imagine that. Like, you guys haven't benefited from that the last two years. Ah, oh, that would also be better than MSU making I want to come game. on the show if that happens, because that will be entertainment for days. I just, you know, I want to join in on the entertainment with that. So. Uh, we, we wouldn't even talk Michigan State for a second, and who cares? Listeners would love it. Viewers would love it. <laughs> it, would be, it would be a great grave dancing extravaganza, and it would be cathartic because we, we need something to smile out here, man. We need something to smile before, out. So before I leave, I do have a good question for you, a positive note. Okay, Michigan please. State, yeah. yeah, I know you need all of it you can get. Yeah, I'm begging you. Michigan State basketball, they've mm-hmm. pretty good team. Like, where, where do you realistically think they're going to finish this year? Like Big Ten wide. Let's just go Big Ten for now. Big Ten wise, I still think second or third. I, Purdue, I, I've long said even, even before the James Madison thing that like Purdue is going to be the team to beat. Not only is Zach Eady returning, but surrounded with so many shooters, man. I mean, those kids last year that down. started the season really well. Yeah, they were true freshmen. You could see it on their legs. You could see it in their shooting by the time late February, early March rolled around that. Okay, the shooting's gone. They weren't built for a full season. But now these guys come back another year stronger on the outside. Like, that's going to be a tough out for the Big Ten. So uh, Purdue in one tier and then Michigan State maybe sharing the second tier with Illinois. Maybe it's their own second Illinois tier Illinois was too, pretty but, good yeah. against Kansas. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I mean, you, tier two. if I were you instead of – I mean, I'm sure you're still drinking plenty of fireball, but I, I, I would try to watch as much Michigan State basketball as I could. 
Uh, well, anyway. There it what is. do you think gets me out of bed every morning, Brian? Yeah, it's, it's oh, <laughs> it's fine. Everything's great. Don't yeah, don't worry about me. We're we're chilling over here. Go green. Uh, well, next time <laughs> I come on, I expect to talk some interesting recruiting changes. Yeah, I, hope I so. expect a yeah. couple more decommitments and more rumors to narrow it down. That's That'd pretty much. I mean, that's you got to go through the fire to get yeah. to the other side. It it is what of course. It is. Better days ahead here. Better days ahead. And another conversation ahead with Brian. Uh, yeah. Until next time, though. Hey, Brian, this is always great. Always love talking to you, my man. And gang, viewers and listeners, love every single one of you. Let's enjoy the weekend. Saturday night's going to be okay. We'll do it together. We'll I'll put on a brave face, and then we'll see you at the postgame show. That's right. Woo! There we go. Go green. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.